Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, February 27th. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's 8, and Teddy, who's 6. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamil Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is almost 10, and we live in Los Angeles. Today on the show, Jamil and I will be talking with friend of the show, Travis Nichols. Travis joined us this fall to talk about his experience with his son trying to game youth baseball. Well, he's back and he just wrote an interesting piece about how youth sports are intermingled with religion and politics. So we'll get into that first and then we're going to wrap up the show with some recommendations. Don't go anywhere. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, We help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Travis, welcome back to the show. How have you been doing? Thank you so much. I've been doing great, and it is wonderful to be back here. Thanks for having me. You wrote this great piece about your attempt to find a basketball league. For listeners who haven't read it, can you give us a quick rundown? 
I have twin girls who are eight at the time. We wanted to have them join this uh, basketball league because they, you know, trying to find things in Metro Atlanta where I live that's both affordable and not like Olympic trial level training is hard. And they had been in a soccer league that they really liked and we really liked as well. And the parents there said, you should try this basketball league. And so we thought, oh, sure, where is it? And then they said, it's at the Baptist church. And then I thought, oh, shit. Then the piece is about trying to navigate the the sense of what we can participate in that's consistent with our values and, and what when we should pull the plug. You point out that you guys live in Georgia and the church is kind of deeply tied into so many aspects of life. So what makes its involvement in the sports so different? Right. Public services, especially things like what I remember as Parks and Rec and community involvement or school involvement in sports since the late 70s, I guess, and also since the economic downturn, the housing crisis has really contracted. And so private companies and churches have come in to fill the void. And so then they have come in and either had, like I was saying, kind of Olympic level training where they'll cost thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, or they'll have some other bargain you're supposed to make. And so when churches come in, the bargain can be, we want you to participate, but we're trying to fill the gap of church attendance declining. So we're trying to get you in through, we know you need these services. And so we're trying to get you in and then maybe we can get you to become members of the church. And, you know, churches do wonderful things in the community, especially in places like Georgia, where low tax, low service states, they do fill a void. They do wonderful things. They do meal trains. They do lots of different kinds of outreach. I wish, not being a Southern Baptist myself, I wish that there were other options that weren't uh, tied to the churches. Um, But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Well, because nothing in life is free, right? Like what you don't pay in money, (laughs) you're going to pay with something else. As you all know, like as, as a parent, you kind of always waiting for the other shoe to drop, whether or not that's if the kid that your kid wants to be friends with turns out their parents are not really (laughs) the type of people you want to hang out with. Or in this case, where it was something where it seemed like a really good option and then it turned into, especially as it was around election day, so I'm really thinking about the Christian right and the way that they, um, in my perception, have, you know, degraded public life in America and some of the versions of this particular kind of church make life really difficult. And so really thinking about it and then having to make a decision of whether or not I would participate in it and whether or not my kids would. I'm, <laughs> I just imagine you getting that survey that yeah. asked you about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that was a moment for sure. I definitely looked around to see where the camera was. Yes, please tell the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some bells went off when it was... Like this league is run through the the Baptist church that's across the street from the county Republican headquarters. Um, and that's painting with a broad brush, but it definitely is one of those things where for me, I was like, oh, maybe not. But I thought, y- you know, I, I can give it a try. And I signed them up. And then the commissioner person got in touch and said, we actually need a coach. And I thought, well... It's better me than some Southern Baptist rando to be coaching. So I thought, let's do it. And then I went to the first coaches meeting 
And I started to be like, oh man, this really, I, I maybe have really made a wrong decision here, but I was trying real hard because I really, you know, I personally love basketball and the girls seemed like they wanted to do it. Um, but they said, you know, we have devotions that are in the middle of practice and it's not like a whistle goes off and everybody has to sit down and pray, but there is a time and we want everyone to sit down and pray. And well, well, you know, so it was like, well, okay, you do actually have a whistle that goes off and everyone has to sit down and pray. And then they said, also, can you fill out this questionnaire for the coaches? And I did. It had all the normal things like, have you taught before? You know, are your kids in the program? Uh, have you coached before? Other things. And then it said, can you please briefly explain your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Use the back if necessary. And I, um, I don't know what I thought. I think I might have been doing a little self-sabotage maybe, which is known to happen. But I went fast and I just wrote, thanks, it's personal. And I thought, well, maybe, we'll see. It seems like it's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, looking back, I actually have the paper and I looked at it the other day and I was like, yep, that uh, I can see why that didn't work. And so then time passed and on election day, the commissioner called me and he said, you know, hey, buddy, what's going on? And, you know, he was nice, but then he said, you know, I do have to ask about this this answer that you gave here, you said, thanks, it's personal. And then it was, there was a <laughs> silence that felt like it lasted a long time. <laughs> and then he said, you know, I just do then need to follow up and ask, you know, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I don't know, I should stop here and say, are, are y'all familiar with this? I don't know if it's like a sales pitch or this type of thing. Have yeah, you been in yes. such? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yes. Okay. I mean, I grew up in Georgia, so. Right, yes, you're very <laughs> also, familiar. in Colorado Springs, that it is, I, I could identify with this so much because in looking for a theater program for mm. our kids, this is what we ran into. Even when you go to the performances, there is this whole part before the show where as a group, everyone comes out on stage and they're going to pray with the audience. It was like, okay, well, it's one thing to attend these shows and be able to say to the kids, like, this is going to happen. Listen, we're a military family. If we go to the movies or the bowling alley on base, they're going to play the national anthem. We're all going to stand up. Like, I'm used to some of these performative things to explain to the kids. This is what's going to happen. You can participate. You can not participate. That's up to you. But we're not going to be rude, right? But there is something so fundamentally different between that and then saying you're going to attend this class. And every day at class, they are going to lead you in these prayers and devotions, which are things that maybe we believe in, maybe we don't believe in, right? Um, the whole purpose of it is to get all of the children to believe in it. And I think that, to me, is kind of the bells, like, what are we saying to the kids if at home we're like, well, we can make these choices and we want you to personally, you know, decide which of this sits with you and kind of talking about all these things. But then we send them somewhere to have these classes that are giving this message. It's hard, though, because like you, we don't have another the both theater programs here are are tied to religious groups. Right. Wow. I mean, we had this a similar thing with theater and a similar thing, you know, and I had done uh, I'd coached basketball uh, through the Methodist church here and they had done soccer through it and it was fine. It was very, you know, I, and I actually play basketball at the myself at the Methodist church. And the, f the first time I went I, and I'm not a member of the church, I grew up Methodist, but then have not, you know, been back really since confirmation. But I, I went and I was a little nervous about it. And we're kind of playing. And the one time I like stole the ball and get a, get a breakaway and totally doink the layup and then say something really unfortunate very loudly. And then there was, it was quiet. And I thought, well, 
oh, well, <laughs> that's the end of this. But then they were all like, you know, it's okay, buddy. It's all right. You know, and we kept playing. But I did think, should I be doing this if I really feel so much like I have to, you know, police my language for one, but also just try and kind of be who I'm not? And then is that what I'm telling my kids that they just, you know, you can just hide a little bit in order to get what you want, which is to have, you know, yeah. something that's... Um, Access. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what it is. And it... It's tough, and I, and I should have known, I think, going into it that it wasn't going to work, but I, I was, you know, every once in a while you don't, you know, you don't learn the lessons. I think it's one of those things if you ever feel like you're, for me, if I ever feel successful or feel like I know what I'm doing, then, you know, being a parent definitely humbles <laughs> you immediately, and you realize, oh, yes, I'm a massive failure. And well, this was one of those hope, moments. Hope for the best, right? Like, we hope that this won't happen. Yeah. Jamila, have you run into this at all? I have not. I have to <laughs> say, I am surprised, fortunate, blessed, if you will. In my personal experience, being a Black woman, went to a Black college and has been in, you know, Black community spaces throughout my life, I've definitely engaged with the church you know, as somebody yeah. who was raised outside of church, but we haven't come across any religious sponsored programs for Naima yet. She went to day camp in a church, but it was run by an outside organization. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, Travis, how would you have reacted if your girls had a different, you know, you put it to them, like, mm -hmm. and they joke about, are we going to have to pray with our coaches? You know, yeah. this was like an easy no for them. How would you have reacted if they'd felt differently, if they were like, this is something we really want to do? It would have been really hard. I think I probably would have still said no, just because I, you know, would have been like, you know, luckily they're still at an age where I can, you know, frame the narrative a little bit and I can kind of fudge it in a way that, and in this one, it was, I didn't have to do much. I was like, it's a little more like Sunday school. And they're like, ew, no. <laughs> and then that was it. Um, and they've never been to Sunday school, so they wouldn't know. But they, from, I think they read a lot of books in which people complain about Sunday school and other things. It's like a good YA trope. And so if they had really wanted to, I don't know. I mean, that day is coming. There will be things that they'll want to do. I mean, just being here, you know, and I remember growing up middle school and in high school, there definitely was the like, hey, do you want to come to a pizza party on Wednesday? There'll be your friends will be there and being like, yeah, sure. Oh, wait a minute. No, I yeah. don't want to do this. And so there will be some version of that that they'll have to figure it out themselves. For now, I mean, it really is one of those, it, it's hard. I was talking to a friend of mine and saying, you know, I have these friends who are, uh, you know, I thought of them as kind of fiscal Republicans, not a lot of them, but there's some, and I'm not sure if they voted for Trump and he broke in and he was like, oh, they voted for Trump. Those votes came from somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. And you just have to like to not try and lie to yourself about what the values are that are going into a situation and having to then be like, are you comfortable with it? Does that matter? Is that something that would make you not participate? I mean, listen, we identify as as Christian but I feel icky about so much of this because to me, like the pizza party, offering things to children of an age in which they are still in that like 
absorption of everything adults tell them phase. Definitely. And then to tie it to these things that kids like, I just, I'm not sure that they yet, like kids of this age versus teens, have the ability, the cognitive ability to separate some of this and and be able to say like, okay, I can go to this and then I can see what it is and maybe it's something I want and maybe it's something I don't want. But at this age, you know, it's like, my parents put me here, we're playing basketball, everyone's praying, I should pray. So that can seem very benign, but it's like, then what are we praying for? Does the, Do the prayers become like, all of a sudden, we're going to slip something in about just men and women, or we're going to not allow these little thoughts that I think can start to take hold. And that's what I always worry about. Is it, is it brainwashing is kind of strong, but maybe it is the right word. Like, are, are we diving into this area of like dropping these thoughts in by a trusted adult that we of the parents have said, like, go play basketball. This is your coach. They're great. Listen to them. And then mm-hmm. they're calling you to the center to say, like, you know, today we're going to pray with this on our hearts or pray mm-hmm. with this thing. And this thing is something that you have a major issue with. <laughs> yeah. And I will say to um, the guy's credit, he didn't let me get away with you know, sort of being like, well, maybe I can do it and just, you know, have my fingers crossed right. behind my back or roll my eyes or whatever. Because he he did say, you know, he was like, well, you know, I'm worried that there might be things that we want you to say that you would feel uncomfortable saying. And I was like, hmm, like what? And he was like, oh, I don't know. But I mean, there are scriptures that we want you to focus on. And I was like, so do I have to say word for word what you're giving me? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. But we do have a script we'd like you to follow. And I was like, okay, that is a no. <laughs> like, that's going to be a no. Um, yeah. yeah, but I mean, and it was something where it was like, I thought, again, because I thought maybe if I was coaching that I could kind of get in between it and be able to, you know, really fudge it and kind of take advantage of the program to be real about it. Because it's not what they were, that they wanted to do. They want to recruit members. You know, there's a bunch of people who have kind of vaguely Christian feelings, but yeah. don't go to church. And that's not good for the organizations that need members. And so they're like, but we also know that they need things that are okay for kids that aren't super serious, that aren't super expensive, and that might present as if they have kind of this benign love accepting message. But then it turns out it's a, it's a recruitment device. I like to do a little mental litmus test all the time where I think like, what would the reaction be if this were run by a different religion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like what if the, the, the basketball camp were run by the Buddhists or, mm. or whatever, right? Insert mm-hmm. any, any religion or a group that America tends to misunderstand and make fun of, you know? And, and I think a lot of times I'm like, wow, people would be really upset if this were the only thing available. I mean, I do actually want to, if it's okay to jump back to Jamila, yeah. what do you think would, what would you do if you're, if, if your kids were really into something and you didn't pick it, but then they came back and they're like, we love this. This is actually run by who now? Oh, the Baptist church. Would you be like, eh, let's go for it. That's tricky. You know, um, I think it depends on what the merits of the program were otherwise, you know, like if I felt if she was really getting an experience and some knowledge and coaching that we didn't have any other way to access, I would consider giving it a shot. I feel strongly that my daughter wouldn't be influenced by the religious piece, you know, that the conversations we've had here, you know, have been sufficient and that, you know, she's kind of strong and how we've, 
you know, I mean, she's free to explore faith as she sees fit. We're not raising her with a particular religion, just with spirituality. Um, but I don't think of her as somebody who would go and get indoctrinated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think would be my primary fear that my child will want to. But then again, I don't know. I mean, these sort of Christians, no, I probably could not, you know, knowing <laughs> that they're across the street from the Republican headquarters. And that, that, that might be a fact of geography or an accident of geography. <laughs> I don't know. It, I, that might be nothing, but it seems significant to me. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. If I can trace a through line between this particular group of people and values that I'm staunchly against, then no, I don't think I could do it. If it was just a matter of being around churchy people and being mm-hmm. exposed to cho- churchy culture, you know, I think maybe I could tolerate it. Yeah. And I think that's how I normally approach it. And then this just happened to tip over the line into something different. Travis, do you think if you hadn't signed up to coach, you guys might be playing in this league? Well, see, that's very scary. I don't think so. I think I would have, we would have seen it I mean, and again, to my wife's credit, she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> from, the, from the start, she was like, this, no. Um, again, we have the parents that we were with in the soccer program that we really liked. It was on their recommendation, and, and I still, you know, really like them and trust them. And it was just something where it was like, oh, I wasn't picking up the signals. There's also that. Like, every once in a while, somebody, like, tells you something in code that you don't quite realize until later that you're like, yeah. oh, I see why that emphasis was right there on that particular word. And there was a little of that where they're like, well, I don't know if it's quite right for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? Right for me. Everything's like right basketball? for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's basketball. <laughs> it's in great. a gym. It's got people. Yeah, let's do it. And then it was like, oh, right. <laughs> It's just, I think, like, I read the piece and I'm just like, I mean, again, I knew this is happening, but it just feels like just another thing I now have to, like, have spidey senses for. (laughs) Right. But we all find ourselves in situations where you have to think, this doesn't quite seem right. Am I going to stand up and say it and be able to walk out of a situation and not feel guilty about it and be able to have that courage and self-esteem, you know, ultimately that's a little bit of the line that I felt like it was crossing of something and being like, no, that's important to know when to say, you know, when to say I quit and when to say I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I think this is a good place to end this. We'll of course put a link in the show notes to your piece and all of you listening, you should definitely go check it out. Travis, can we convince you to hang around for recommendations? Yes, absolutely. Okay, awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, Travis is going to join us for recommendations. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. We're back and ready to hear what you're both loving this week. Jamila, will you go first? Absolutely. So I've mentioned a while ago that Naima and I are in a baking thing. We bake. It's just our thing. It's not even a phase anymore. We just bake. Um, We try to bake once a week. And two weeks in a row, possibly going on a third, we've made the same cake. And I want to recommend it. It's very, very easy. Strawberry cake. I think it's Betty Crocker. 
we cut up real strawberries, frozen strawberries, and put just a little, like half a cup in the mix. So there's some actual strawberries in the cake. And we've been making chocolate icing from scratch. So box cake mix, which I've mentioned before, add a box of pudding mix to it. It really like does something magical to it. I don't know what, but it's just so much richer and just better than like a typical box cake mix. Strawberry box cake mix with a box of vanilla pudding and chocolate icing. It is such a delicious flavor combination. It's so good. It like we're obsessed with it. How are you making the chocolate icing? As- assume you're me and you don't know what making it from scratch. <laughs> Super easy. I googled a chocolate frosting recipe off the top of my head and I cut the recipe in half. I do about two and a half cups of powdered sugar, quarter cup of cocoa powder, maybe three tablespoons of butter, three tablespoons okay. of milk. And a tablespoon of vanilla. Yum. And it's super easy to make. It frosts the whole cake. There'll be plenty. Believe it or not, it won't look like it, but there's enough for the whole cake. And it's so good. And you can put strawberries on top if you'd like. We did that the first time we made it. Um, You could put a few in between the two layers of the cake. But chocolate strawberry cake. Really, really, really good. This one sounds like I can manage. So I'm going to try... And this is I'll an let easy you guys one. know. Jamila will, of course, get a picture. I always send her a picture. When Please I do. <laughs> She's always very encouraging. Okay, Travis, what are you recommending? Well, totally in the same spirit. I am recommending not necessarily for the kids or something that everybody can partake in, but there's a new edition of Kafka's Diaries. <laughs> 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 Absolutely loving. And it I, I traveled back to where I'm from in, in Iowa recently. And reading it really helped me with that sort of uncanny feeling, but then also just the totally bizarre descriptions of family events and other things. Coming to uh, Kafka's Diaries as a parent, I felt like, oh, this is this just, there's nothing surrealist about this. There's nothing exaggerated. This is just how it is. He is a realist. It's like every description of every bizarro thing and him feeling like um, he has two different planks drilled into the side of his head and all these different things. I was just like, yeah, Franz, me and you. I feel you. So those of us who haven't revisited that since they were forced to read it in school should mm-hmm. should revisit Yeah, it. check it out. It's funny. He's turns out that he's it, it might say more about me than about the, you know, the book itself, but I think, you know, take a whirl with old Franz Kafka's diaries, parents. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bake the cake and give that's what I'm gonna send you guys a picture of. Me with the book. And a piece of this cake. There you go. Or um, you could listen to the audiobook while you bake the cake. That would be an experience. That's, a, uh, that's much more my style. Okay, <laughs> I like I like this way better. Um, I am going to recommend having a car sing along and dance party with your kids, no matter how old they are. Like blast it at the uh, stoplight, whatever they want to hear. Roll down the windows and just be completely ridiculous. We had a rough start the other morning. I had to get all the kids into the car, and it was like we were just in that mood. And I, you know, when I plug in my phone, it like automatically starts playing whatever was left. And I think um, Trust Fall from Pink (laughs) came on and Henry in the back, who's 10, yelled, turn it up. And so to be kind of funny, I turned it like all the way up and he was dancing like crazy, which got his little brother to dance. And then Oliver was dancing and I just rolled down the windows and we had a great time going through the neighborhood. And a couple of the parents were out walking their kids from school. And, you know, it just totally changed the whole mood. And so now that has 
has been, the last couple of days has been a thing as we leave our driveway, you know, the 10 houses between uh, our house and where we meet the main road. <laughs> you know, we just like blast, totally ridiculous. Super fun. Give it a try. Um, I, you can play anything you wanted. Whatever comes on. I love um, when it. You turn on the car. Well, that's it for the show. Travis, thank you again so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Mara Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Audio at Slate. For Jamila Lemieux, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.